0: Turning in our Bibles, please to the Gospel of Luke again. The Gospel of Luke, and we're turning to the second chapter today. The Gospel of Luke in chapter two. And we're coming today to the angel song, the third carol if feel like, that we find here the Gospel of Luke. Luke's Gospel in chapter two, and we're reading from the verse eight, please. word of the Lord. And it reads, And there were in the sea country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David the Saviour, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven. The shepherds said the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And we trust the Lord will bless the reign of his word to each of our hearts today. As we continue in our little spirit songs of the first Christmas, we've now moved into the next chapter of the book of Luke and we hear the angels singing now. And this will be our penultimate study in this little series because in two weeks time we'll come to Christmas Day, how time flies. And of course we've heard and learned from two other songs in our short study so far in the book of Luke. A couple of weeks ago we began with Mary's song and we learned that God is mindful of us. God cares for you and he loves you which gives you so much worth and so much value. We also learn from Mary's song that we serve a mighty God. God is mighty over us. That's what she said there in her song. And when we bring our worries and our concerns to the Lord, we know that he is an all-powerful God. He is mighty. And then of course last week we considered Zechariah's song. We saw four pictures of why Christ came down. We thought about the prison door that has been swung open. We thought about how the Lord Jesus Christ came and He won the battle against sin, for He described the Lord as the horn of salvation. We thought about the debt that has been paid, and we thought about the new and He is the Day spring. Four wonderful pictures of what Christ accomplished here on earth. But today, we come to the angel song. The angel song. And we've heard the angels singing in our passage today. Now let's get a bit of background about this passage this afternoon so that we get the context and fully understand what's happening here. In verse 7, we have the most significant event in history. The Lord Jesus Christ has finally arrived says in verse 7, she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. The Lord Jesus Christ is finally alive. The promised one, the Messiah was here. And this is the most significant moment in the history of mankind. We touched on that last week. This is the high point. This is the most important event that will ever happen. And then in verse 8, we have the announcement of the arrival of this wonderful child. The angels come along. Now, birth announcements seem to be a big business in these days. There are many ways to announce the entrance into the world. Of a new level on WhatsApp, Facebook, Instagram, so many different social media outlets to let the world know that a pre- your precious bundle has finally arrived. And if you happen to have a baby in the year that we're about to enter, here's how you like do everyone else in your announcement. Here's my advice: forget emails and photographs on Facebook or Instagram. Here's how to win the announcement competition. Have an angel announce the birth. How does that sound? Have an angel walk down the middle of the street in the night, waking your neighbours to tell them what's just happened, then follow that up with a whole multitude of angels behind them, providing the the celebratory backing vocals. That's how you win. That's the best type of announcement that you could make. A baby has been born, and that's where the arrival of Mary's baby was announced on that night. But of course we know this wasn't any regular baby announcement, was it? We know that. And the angels had arrived to proclaim that Christ was here. They were proclaiming Christ. And before we look at the song, I want you to note who this, the angels were proclaiming the message to. You. Look at verse 8. And there were in the same country, shepherds. Shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Wait, hold on a minute. Angels, you've got this wrong. Is it not the religious leaders you should be announcing this to? Surely it's the Jewish people. They've been waiting for the Messiah to arrive for such a long time. Surely they should be the first to hear the news. You've got this wrong. You're with the wrong people. And the first people you go and proclaim... This news you are the shepherds outside the fields of Bethlehem real? I mean, how unusual is this? According to Dr. Stephen Lawson, shepherds were the despised people of the day. They were lowly, they were hated. They lived with animals, and they smelled like animals. They were uncultured, they were unsophisticated, they were uneducated, they were untaught, they were rough, they were crude. They were of low repute. They were actually prohibited from going into the court of law and ever standing as a witness to events. This was because they were notorious for lying. They would say anything, absolutely anything to get their way. But this, these people, these shepherds were the ones who the angels proclaimed the gospel, this good news to. And you know, that's great news for you and others. Because it teaches me that I have a God whose mercy and grace reaches deeper than all my sin. That the worst thing I've ever done, that God's mercy and grace reaches deeper. This news was to the lowest of the low. What grace. And what a sight these shepherds saw. You know, we love singing the old gospel song, To God be the glory these angels came to bring God glory. And truly, this song we're looking at here this afternoon teaches us the truths of that hymn, The Vilest Defender Who Truly Believes, that moment from Jesus, a partner's receives. You know, that sometimes this story gets told. The whole Nativity, the Christmas story gets told in schools, and the reality of it is lost. Well, I think it's lost anyway. Maybe you don't feel the same. But I feel sometimes that it's taught in our schools as if it's a fairy tale or a myth or a letter, how the angel's song reminds us of the reality of the first Christmas and the reason for the first Christmas. And that's what we're going to think about as in the moments that we have left this afternoon. I want you to know, firstly, a number of realities. The reality of this coming, I want you to know, firstly, know that it was a real day. It was a real day. Look at verse 10 and 11 when we hear again. One angel appears first. And this terrifies the shepherds, just a single angel. The angel of the Lord appears to them, and we read in verse 10 and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. For unto you is born this day. It was a real day. It happened on a day. It happened on a day in history. Not a day in in some mythological imaginary story, but a day we read at the the opening of the chapter in verses 1 and 2. It's a day when Caesar Augustus was emperor in Rome and Cyrenus was governor of Syria. It was a real day. It was a day planned eternity. It was It was in the fullness of time. It was God's timing and his timing is perfect. You know, God is always on time. I hope you know that, dear believer. He was on time when the children of Israel were crossing the Red Sea. He was on time when the walls of Jericho fell. And as for God, his way is perfect. And sometimes these truths of God's timing are difficult to grasp when we're in the middle of the storm. In the day of difficulty, sometimes we want God to move and intervene there and then. But dear believer, as you listen this afternoon, our God, who is the God of history, he always moves right on time. He knows all about what you're going through. He he knows exactly what you need, and when you will need it, he'll move it at exactly the right time. The God we read of in Colossians 1.16, For by him were all things created, that are in heaven or in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. The great creator, he made all things, he spoke all things into existence, and when he moves, he's the sovereign of the universe, he moves right on time. We know that because we read in Galatians, when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. This event, it happened on a day, and it was right on time, it was in the fullness of time, it was the perfect day, it was the perfect time appointed by God before the foundation of the world, for unto you is born this day. God's time, always perfect, and this was the turning point in history. It was a real day. But I also want you to see that it was a real setting. It was a real setting. For look at the verse again, verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David. In the city of David. It happened in the city. Not in Nordea. Not in Middle Earth. Not in the galaxy far, far away. It happened in a city approximately 3,480 miles from James Baptist Church. And the city still exists today. And many people still go to visit it. The city Israel, Bethlehem, six miles from Jerusalem. Bethlehem, the city where Jesse lived, the father of King David, the great king of Israel. Bethlehem, the city that Micah prophesied over. This happened in a real city. It was a time just as real as Balaamena. It was a place just as real as Greens. It was a city just as real as Belfast. This was a real place. God incarnate, the Lord Jesus Christ, was born in Bethlehem. It was a real day. It was a real city. But priest God, it was a real city a real saviour. For look at the verse that says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a saviour. A saviour, which is Christ the Lord. Now we come to the climax of this announcement from the angel. Here's an interesting fact that comes from the Greek text of Luke to. When Luke wrote his account, he literally wrote it like this. Saviour, Christ, Lord. Three words. That's it. For to you is born this day, Savior, Christ, Lord. And each word is vitally important. Savior is the Old Testament word that means one who delivers his people. And that's what the Lord was coming to do. The Savior, the Lord Jesus, he was coming to deliver his people. Christ is the Greek version of the Hebrew word Messiah, which means the Anointed One, or the Promised One. Another key word, Savior, Christ, Lord. Lord is a term for deity. It's a synonym for God. Fully God, fully man. Oh, what a mystery. Mekness and majesty. Fall down and worship, for this is your God. Because he was a real Savior. Listen, and get this. A Savior came, not a reformer, not a philosopher. No, a David, who was Savior, Christ, and Lord, for unto you. You know, I love how in Scripture it often reminds us of the personal nature of God. It says, for unto you. You. It reminds us that he came for us, he came for me, he came for you. The angels say to these nobodies, the shepherds, the saviour, he is born for you. And the spirit of God inspired Luke to write these words that we would read them here on Sunday the 11th of December 2022 and remind ourselves that the Lord Jesus, he came for thee. The Son of God loved me and gave himself for me. Let that sink in afresh today. He came for you. And because of his birth, the Saviour, this Christ, this Lord, he is, he can be our Saviour, our Lord, and our Christ. We who know him as our Redeemer are heaven-bound. And the angel says, fear not. These are good tidings of great joy, He has saved many a drunkard. He has saved many a drug addict. He has saved many a criminal. He has saved many from a life of sin. He has turned lives around. And I could bring millions of people to stand on this platform today and tell you what the Lord Jesus Christ has done in their lives. What a Savior, and what a King, and His birth. Still has significance, 2,022 years later, only the grace of God can enable a life to be turned around. And he is the Savior, and he is the Lord, and he is the Christ, the one sent from God. And this is the heart of Christmas. This is the reason of the season. I plead with you, dear child of God. Don't you have to get caught up in the flurry of rushing round of her presence and the whole rush and the whole Christmas field that can make you lose the actual real reason for the season. Christ, Christ is the reason for the season. God loved us enough to send his only begotten Son, heal the heaven born Prince of faith, Hail the Son of Righteousness, light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings, mild he lays his glory by, born that man, born that you, no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth, hark, the herald angels sing glory to the newborn king, when God prepared to save the world, he sent his baby. His one and only Son, His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This is the outstanding truth of Christmas. Emmanuel. God with us. A real Savior. Wonder God. A real Savior. A real day. A real Savior. A real Savior. It was a real baby just a note. In verse thirteen or verse twelve, excuse me. It says she shall find thee wrapped in swaddling clothes and lie in the manger. Can you see the reality of this coming? The reality of that first Christmas, that angel comes and announces and says to these shepherds, these nobodies, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, which is Christ the Lord. Oh, it's a I hope we see the reality of Christmas, but I want you to see today also the result of Christmas. The result of Christmas. And picture of the city, this one angel has come along, all the shepherds have fallen to the floor, and they're just starting to pick themselves back up off the ground. After they're being there terrified, being told the reality of what's happening, then the reinforcements appear. And there's a host of the angels there with them. In verse 13, we read about And suddenly there was an angel with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. And here this this back in choir come along and they shared the joyful news in that day in that perfect fullness of time and the perfect prophesied city, a saviour was born and it was Christ the Lord and that news has two outcomes and the hosts come to announce this and the two outcomes are this, glory to God and peace on earth. Caesar Augustus is established, had established in those days what was known to be the patronage And that just meant an empire at peace. He wanted to guarantee safety. And you were guaranteed this unless you were a slave or a rebel. But the peace of Rome that Caesar Augustus offered was about to be dwarfed by the presence of God. God's peace was like no other peace that a man or woman leader could ever offer. In fact, there was a first century philosopher who wrote these words. He said this, While the emperor may give peace from war on land and sea, he is unable to give peace from passion and grief and envy. He can bring peace to the heart of which man yearns for more than outward things. Caesar Augustus couldn't transform any of his people's hearts or change any of their internal affairs, but the angels announced that this be a To bring peace to the heart. Here was an announcement. Of a peace that goes deep within. A peace for the soul. And one that lasts beyond the grave. This was the peace. Which man yearns for. As that philosopher wrote. The peace of God that can invade our life. And it's based on the discovery of peace with God. And frankly in verses 13 and 14. We come to the pinnacle of thought. And action. Which is the glory of God. This is the point in the entire Bible. And this is the teaching, this is where the teaching in Scripture starts and finishes. Those first three words of verse 14: glory to God. That is what our lives should be all about. And from the very first verse in Genesis to the very last verse in Revelation that is what it's about glory to god it's the point in the entire bible you can't get any higher than this you're not going to get any higher this verse here is the pinnacle it's the point in scripture this is the highest of all truths this is the reason for everything the world and all created beings were created to do one thing and that one thing we were created to do was to glorify god we glorify God and He gives us perfect peace. This, is of, this, of course, was destroyed when sin entered the world. And the Lord Jesus was there to restore that peace. And the angels say, Glory to God in the highest on the earth, peace. You say, Peter, what are you talking about? What do you mean, it's the pinnacle? What is it, the glory of God, really, Peter? You're telling us that that's the most important thing. Did he not come to save sinners? Was that not the good news? He was coming to save sinners? Well, yes. The good news was that he was coming to save sinners and go to the cross of Calvary. That's right. But the reason why he went to the cross of Calvary was so that saved sinners would join the angel stone in glorifying God. Let me ask, dear child of God, do you praise him for your salvation, David? Do you glorify him? I mean every minute, every hour, every day, every year. Do you love the things that he loves? Do you love reading his word? To glorify his name? Do you glorify him in the quiet place? Do you glorify him as you live in public? The life of the Christian is all about glorifying God. It's the highest Transcendent pinnacle of all thought and action, glorifying God. The reason for everything, the reason for our existence, is to glorify our Maker. And this army of angels appears suddenly. So they did just that. They glorified God. In verse 13, it tells us suddenly, suddenly there were those angels worshipping and glorifying God. And it's a beautiful thought. You know, different things in Scripture happen suddenly. Malachi 3, verse 1, it says the Messiah will suddenly come to his temple. If you read Mark 13, 36, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 3, there's a suddenness in the return of Christ. He's going to come in a sudden fashion. There are times when God invades the human realm with such suddenness. And this was a moment when God and the angels, they came suddenly. And they came to these shepherds. And suddenly, this offer of peace arrived and people can join the angel's soul. And this peace can be brought to the heart through salvation. And the angels, they understood this and they were praising God because the Savior had come. You see, they knew what was going on. You see, they're the second member of the Trinity. They knew Christ before the Incarnation. They have been associated with Christ in heaven before he came to earth. They knew him of his glory, they knew of his riches, they knew of his majesty. They were aware of the fall of man. They understood the fall of man. They knew about that. They'd been informed also that God had provided a way of salvation for man. The angels knew about that. They knew that prophecies had been made, that a Messiah would come, a Savior would come, a sacrifice would be made. They understood the the sacrificial system in the Old Testament to some degree. They understood that all those animals that had been offered, they could never take away sin. They knew that the Lord Jesus had arrived to completely do away with sin. He'd come to die and to make peace with men. They understood that. They had given, and the angel angel had given the report to Joseph. You shall call his name Jesus. And what did the angel say? For he shall save his people from their sins. They knew what was going on. And they knew of the saving work of man, and they were th- there, and they were there to announce the Savior's arrival. They knew of his holiness. They knew he would go to their sin. They knew that God would not spare his own son but give him up for you and I. They knew that the son who rich became poor for your sake. They knew that the Holy Spirit would condescend to, to convict sinners and bring them to salvation and regenerate them take up residence in the sinner's heart they understood this and they were praising God because they were seeing God's grace on display and they were seeing the plan of salvation unfold and they were thanking God for his indescribable gift they knew the Prince of Peace prophesied in Isaiah had finally come and they glorified God for this and all who have understood just a glimpse of the glory of God since that day, who have sought to glorify him ever since, have joined the angel song, dear child of God. As you worship him today, as you sing hymns, you join the angel song and glorifying and praising him. I think that's a mighty truth. And this is the great purpose of the coming of Christ. Glory ever ascending from man to God and peace ever descending from God to man. God's glory is among men for the sake of the glory of his name, and God's peace lived out among men for the sake of his name. There's a hardly a better way to sum up what God was about when he created this world, for when he came to reclaim the world through Christ, it was all for his glory and our peace. We see his greatness, that's our joy. We see his beauty, that's our pleasure. And the point of creation and redemption is that God is glorious and is to be known and praised for his glory by a people who are redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ our Lord. And as we conclude, do you know what the most wonderful thing I feel about this little passage and this little story is? Because the angels worship and declared the glory of God to these shepherds, they were a tree. They were three, it? And in verse 15, we read, and it came to pass that the angels were gone away from them into heaven. The shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. They responded. They went to see the child. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in an manger. And it gets better. The shepherds went and saw and beholded the baby. They saw the Christ. And I'm sure they fell in worship. And listen to verse 17. And when they had seen it, they knew the saying which was told them concerning this child, and all they that heard wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. And it's amazing. The angels glorified God. The shepherds heard, it. they went, met the Christ. And they went out and they proclaimed it and glorified God in that way. And then people were left in wonder as they listened to the shepherds proclaim. Dear youth worker, dear Sunday school teacher, if you work with the children, if you work in any part of the ministry, let me tell you something. You might think that the little part that you do for the Lord as you share the gospel as you share scripture with the boys and girls you may think that your little part isn't much let me tell you the word to keep one of those boys and girls and use them for his glory to share, share the gospel with people that you may never get the honor opportunity to speak to but it's because you took the time to sit with that child teach them the gospel Teach them the way of the Lord. Let me tell you something, that's your way of glorifying God, and you just don't know what sort of impact that will have on this world in the coming years. Be encouraged today. Keep serving Him. Because you see how it spread, the angels to the shepherds, the shepherds to the people that is broken, and the word spread of culture, the, the glory of God. For unto you. Is born this day in the city of David, a savior, which is Christ the Lord, the reality of his coming, the reason for his coming, glory to God in the highest, on an earth, peace, goodwill toward.